Stacks, one of the greatest rappers of all times. Um, Outcast, definitely the best rap group of all times, hands down. But yeah, man, and this week I got a very good episode for y'all, dog. I got one half owner of Humanitry in Augusta, Georgia, Brother B. Um, this episode right here is very positive. I love doing episodes like this that's outside of the box. I know often I bring my friends onto the podcast and, you know, kick shit and joke around or whatever but you know i love just having nice intelligent positive conversations with people i normally wouldn't interact with and shout out to trues man uh true set me up with this uh episode and i knew it was gonna be really good from the beginning and by the way before we start the episode i'm actually on patreon now www.patreon.com backslash sit down slim uh, go ahead and head to Patreon, subscribe to the podcast. I'm going to start having Saturday podcasts on there. And yeah, man, it's only $5, man. $5. You can't even get a meal nowadays for $5. So, you know, donate to a, a good cause, a young entrepreneur trying to come up in the world, man. But yeah, I'm not going to do too much talking. Let's get right on into the episode. Girl, I can put on a watch. You see how this is doing that? Uh-huh. That's how the numbers, the numbers go. On my watch. That <laughs> ass, I showed somebody that joint. I was like, see, that's why I don't wear a watch. Look, and the joint was like this. The, 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 the second hand was like this. So, you don't do anything um, with uh, electrical stuff? Not really. No cell I, phone I, or nothing? No, nah, I, I don't have a phone. Really? Why don't I you do use everything a phone? Through, I do everything because I'm always breaking them, bro. This <laughs> is crazy. I don't even know what it is, bro, but I know that it's, um, I feel embarrassed for the person. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> but yeah, this is another episode of Sit Down with Slim. We got Brother B in here, the owner of Humanitry. So um, <laughs> Part owner, right? Yeah. You and your co-owner, wife owner? Yes, co-owner. Okay. My wife, a beautiful wife. Let's kind of start from life the beginning. Um, wife. How did you come to owning Humanitry? From the beginning. Because you're not from Augusta, right? Nah, I'm not. I'm from, uh, I'm from Staten Island, New York. Shaolin. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I just did a podcast last night with two New Yorkers, and I was telling them, like, uh, you can always just feel the New Yorker in somebody as soon as you, as soon as you walk up to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different vibration, definitely. 
Yeah, New Yorkers just have that like sense of urgency that we don't have in the South. <laughs> <laughs> gotta catch a train, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gotta move. And that's exactly what they said. They said they was having a hard time transitioning when they moved here because they moved here young and they was used to being like 10 years old and, you know, waking up at like 8 o'clock to get on the train to make the school by 9. And, you know, here we start school at 7 o'clock. <laughs> and see, was was. What's crazy is that when I'm from Staten Island and we have one train and that train goes from South Ferry all the way down, I think, um, down Rosebank, I think Perth Amboy. And um, yeah, man, it's the same dynamic. Got to run and catch a bus, you know. Yeah. Bus runs every 10 minutes, catch the bus, or you trying to catch the dollar cab, you know. Now mm-hmm. I think that was two dollars. I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely not trying to go go over that Verrazano Bridge, man. That joint is nineteen dollars. What got you um, here from New York? Love. Love. Yeah, I uh, was introduced to this young lady through Facebook. Shout out to Facebook dating. <laughs> <laughs> and this cat was like, "Hey, yo, I know you're doing this uh, full-figured model joint. You need to come check me." I said, what's up? He was like, just come, just come through. Now, this is like, this is a spot I used to go to called Deluxe Gallery, or Gallery Deluxe, run by my man Glenn. He owns the shop, and I go in and get a touch up sometimes. And he had his Facebook open. I walked by, and I was like, hey, yo, who is this, huh? He said, um, oh, that's what I wanted to show you, this shorty. And this is a young lady he was <laughs> flirting with. Okay. On Facebook. So he never made any real moves, but he got some rhythm with her. And um, it's trying to build a little cypher, but it wasn't wasn't going anywhere. They knew it. They just enjoyed flirting on Facebook. So I saw it, looked at the picture, and I played it low, trying to suppress my excitement. And when I saw her, I saw family. Yeah. And... And in my, I, I think in my subconscious, it was like, yo, this is where you're supposed to be with this person. And then came out to Augusta, felt this crazy art vibration out here, but I just didn't know so where. So your wife is from Augusta? Nah, she's, she lived in Augusta. She's oh, actually okay, from okay. Uh, Wichita, Kansas. Okay. She's been here like 30 years now, maybe 32 years now. And I've been here... 12 years. How'd your man feel when you uh, approached her? Was he mad? <laughs> nah, it was wild because, you know, I, I, I saw the picture. I looked at it. I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm going to see what's up. He said, yo, man, I'm going to let her know that you're going to get in contact with us. I don't know if he ever did that. But I caught uh-huh. the train, went to Flatbush, got off the train, went to the apartment, boom, pulled up her name. and started catching rhythm with her. And we vibe. And I said, yo, I'm going to come see you. I came out to Augusta, Georgia. The only thing I knew about Augusta, Georgia was James Brown. And you right here at the heart of James Brown. <laughs> at Humanitry. Word. So, excuse me. <laughs> oh, no, you good. So, when I came out here, I felt this vibration of art, but I didn't know where it was. Uh, funneled, and I don't, didn't know if it had a home. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that it was here, but I just didn't know where to locate it. 
See, in New York, there are locations that you can go to where artists are. You know, you back in the day in the 90s, you had the the um, granola grunge bag college kid village freestyling, you know? Yeah. And that's where you would catch it. Or you had break dancing in the 80s. That's where you would catch it. The Bronx. You go to different places. But it just wasn't like that here. And I couldn't understand why not because this is a city. And instead of walking around with my lips poked out, pouting about this place didn't have any culture, I decided, you know, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to New York up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and represent where I came from, a very diverse, a very diverse um, community of five boroughs, a community of five boroughs. And what year was that when you moved here? Uh, that was 2010. Okay. Yeah. And... It's wild because I was like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not that it's lacking it. They just haven't placed it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I got a teacher's job out here. I was working at CH Terrell Academy. Shout out to Mother Sister Rebecca and the whole Terrell family, the whole Dent family. So I worked there as an art instructor. Okay. And, but I, before I left New York, I, I promised myself before I turned 50 that I'm going to own my own spot. You know? And I don't know if I could see you as an art instructor because I didn't have too many cool teachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was dope because I stayed within the realm of, of, of my spirit. I never broke left because I had to conform to the bureaucracy and, and CH2L Academy received me with open arms and liked how I taught you know so and it, it, CH2L Academy if you don't know it's, a, it's a, the first and only Christian Afrocentric uh, institution of education you know, it's, uh, it's dope and so it, it allowed me to explore and as I was exploring, I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to do this forever, you know. I have a promise to myself, and the promise was to have my own spot. Where I was going to do it, because at first I was going to move to, um, yo, first I was going to move to um, Houston, Texas. Texas, everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah. So I actually I, like Houston, though. I'm not a big fan of the yeah, entire yeah, state, yeah. but I like Houston. And then it was Seattle. Washington, I was going to different places. I was like, yo, I know, but I need to get out of New York because it's killing me. <laughs> Word. When I left New York, it was the year after the Great Depression or, or Recession. And when I was there, before I moved out here, I was working part-time jobs. I had three part-time jobs. And, and that's because during 2009, I, I got laid off from my, from my job at the Department of Probation Family Court. And one day before tenure, they laid me off, son. Dang. <laughs> Word. That's crazy. And once again, instead of walking around with my lips poked out, I had to make it happen. I, had a, I did like 49 paintings. Uh, the show was called uh, Solar Sister. And Solar Sister 
was about the infinity of, of, of black women in terms of, of their beauty, in terms of their essence, of who they are to the world and to the earth. And so the show was cool, but nobody had any money because we were in recession. <laughs> so I had a few pieces that sold, like maybe two pieces that sold in the show, 49 pieces. So with that, I kept it moving. Then I got the part-time jobs. My brother was <laughs> depressed at, 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 in, some, at, in, in moments. And then I just pulled myself up, went through my what I call my whole Job journey. Are you familiar with Job? Uh, not too familiar. Job is a text in the Bible. The brother who was rich, one of the richest men there in the Bible, and he lost everything. But the loss was not in vain because God took it. And the reason why God took it is because he wanted to see how much he could take without losing faith. And he okay. kept his faith. So the, the longer he struggled, God saw that he was a man of honor in honoring his faith and his relationship with God. And so when he, after he finished his journey, after God finished his journey, he blessed him once again and gave him life more abundantly. It's a dope story, man. You can check it out. It's, in the, it's, sla it's slap in the middle of the Bible. Can't miss it. See, it's all about, in terms of art, this is what I take from, from Job because when the, in terms of art, art is prayer. You know, mm -hmm. art, is, art is God. You know, art is as an existence, and and what art is is what art uh, what God has created. So, if God has created art, and God is the creator, then we're supposed to be the creatives to create. Correct. Mm -hmm. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. So yeah, so I'm 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 constantly in the cipher of creating, man. I have to. I've been charged to do it. There's no question in my purpose. I have impenetra impenetrable <laughs> discipline. What got you into art, though? You've been into art since you were young. Yeah, brother. Um, comic books. I've been a I was comic, a comic book, book nerd too. Okay. <laughs> well, I was a comic book head back in the day. Still, still collect graphic novels when I can. What were your favorites? My favorite character was the Incredible Hulk. Okay, Incredible Hulk. He was the first character that I saw that was had a color other than white and brown. Yeah. So I, um, well, yeah. And so I, even though white is not a color, I'm describing it as such. Yeah. And so I saw this green huge muscular dude that was like nine taking this ride and smashing shit it was you know symbolic yeah word <laughs> and I was like yo that's that's me because I used to have temper tantrums and what I learned about the Hulk is he was abused as a child and I went through some stuff you know as a child and the only thing that kept me centered was a comic book and action figures. 
So the Hulk was like my superhero. You know what? I kind of got a similar story. I had a, a stepdad growing up, and we used to get into it all the time. And that kind of was like my safe haven. I used to read comic books and draw pictures all the time. It's real, man. I mean, you when you draw, you the word draw is not a only a a functionality. Draw also means absorption. So you're drawing from your own experience or your environment. You're drawing from stories. You're drawing from other people's stories. You know? So that's what draw means. So you're, you are the vessel of illustrating what you've drawn, and then you draw it. I never thought of it that way, but I definitely can see that. Everybody can draw, bro. Yeah. Everybody's an artist. Kind of like finding a way to express your pain, in a sense. Art is an expression of your relationship with the higher power. This is my way of explaining to people what my, or giving people my testimony of what God has blessed me with. And that is not just the ability to paint, but the, how should I say it, the being of an artist. Difference between doing and beating, being. And I, I, I'm, the, I'm the artist first before I, before I do art. Mm -hmm. So what, um, how'd you go from being, being an artist to want to open up a, uh, vegan restaurant. <laughs> Once again, back in New York, I had a um, art show before the recession. <laughs> see, I'm still traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I don't blame you, though. <laughs> I understand I, those were troubling times. I'm not playing when it comes to... It really, it's not even about the money. It's about the powers that hold the money back. And I know the game, so I don't play it, you know? Someone told me that when you're like looking at someone's credit history, you can you can always tell how bad the recession hurt them by just looking at their credit history. Yeah, I mean, not only that, how bad the economy has manipulated you too. Yeah, sometimes we take some major hits. There's science to that, bro. There's science. Uh, the algorithm of racism is has been in place, designed by the same people that created racism. And I'm not talking about all white people. I'm talking about the people that perpetuate the pathology of racism. Yeah, systematic racism. Systematic racism, institutional racism, which is white supremacy. Correct. And although I place white as the description, there's also... <laughs> All kinds of supremacy, bro. You got Negro supremacy, where you doing a podcast and there could be a Negro saying, "Yo, I can do that. I'm gonna find a way to." I was just talking to somebody take about it away that on the way here. <laughs> and then if he says something like his co his host did, I'm gonna tell people that he's racist. He got a co-host. That's a, a racist talking about white supremacy. Why do you think we do that to each other though? Because back to art. We don't have a relationship with each other. That's why in New York, I did the show called Humanitrees. Mm -hmm. Humanitrees was a relationship between each other human beings 
relationship, progressive human beings' relationship with each other and the relationship with nature. So you intertwine those two and create this matter called love. And then that matter has been created by the loving energy. And once the energy has created matter, then you have what you have is a substance. So that substance is broken down into minerals and other properties of science of the earth and placed into the ground. It's much what much like what God did, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So once that was established, I was able to take what God has done, create man, create woman, create nature, and bring them back into the family of life. So Humana Trees was about the family of life and nature, the nature in nature's journey. And so there was a particular piece that's in the front called Stumped. And Stumped is about how your hair grows. If you're trying to lock your hair, and it goes into that stage of short locks. And then if you haven't gotten it, um, if, you, if you're not maintaining it two weeks later, it has new growth. And people are like, yo, you need to get your hair done. And you know you need to get your hair done. Or you're doing freeform. And they're looking at you like, yo, that's ugly. <laughs> but it's not. I love freeform dress. Yeah, but it's not ugly. It's actually going through a stage of beauty. Just like a flower. It blooms from a bud, and, then it, and, it, and it grows from a seed. So it's not the prettiest thing. But when you think of its nature, you see all the beauty in its process of growing. You know? So that's what happens with us in terms of humans and with our hair and our bodies and even our minds and spirit. We're looking at the evolution of someone's growth. And sometimes it doesn't look good. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't sound good. And we're like, yo, what's up with that dude? He's changing. They call it uh, the ugly stage. Yeah, he's changing. <laughs> but, you know, it's deeper than the hair. It's, it's, it's a stage of life. You know, it's deep. It, it, it's really the stage of your spirit, having a, this state of spiritual evolution that sometimes is not the prettiest thing to watch. But the beauty is that you can see it from within. And you know your your process. That's Over time, all, you see it grow. That's all that matters. Yeah. And so Humanity Trees was just based on that in terms of the theme. The piece that I'm, that I'm speaking about is Stumped. It's in the front. You check it out before you leave. And it's a woman who is a, a tree, and she's bent, she's bent down. And the reason why it's called Stumped we look at it and say, yo, where's the rest of her branches? There's a few of them that are in front that are stumps. And those are your questions because you're stumped mm -hmm. by her process. You're stumped by her growth, but she is not. And so that piece stayed with me for years, bruh. And this curator of the show was like, yo, don't sell this. I said, why? He said, this one's for you. No, I was hated, but I was trying to, I was trying to get that paper, but <laughs> it just wasn't happening. 
It was mad people came to the show too. It was dope. It was in Staten Island. Then I did it in uh, in Brooklyn. Were you selling a lot of pieces back then? Oh yeah, I sold I sold a, quite a bit you of work. You got some dope pieces in here. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And you know the economic demographic is different in New York. You know the prices in New York of my pieces was uh, <laughs> the margin is is wide, you know, yeah. in terms of numbers. But I had to I had to settle in to that idea that I have to really be realistic about this market, you know? And 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 it does cool here too, brother. I must say Augusta AUG, shout out to AUG. <laughs> artist un- Artist unforgivably grinding. Oh, artist. That's, a, that's a good acronym. I like that. <laughs> artist word, unforgivably word. grinding. I like right. the acronym. <laughs> Doing their thing out here for real. So yeah, that's my that's my acronym for AUG. Kinda, undoubtedly, um, artists undoubtedly grinding. Right. You do a lot of support for artists in Augusta too. Wasn't um I forgot I forgot the name of the show, but wasn't it here? What was the name of the show? Libra show? Culture Fest. Yeah, Shout Culture out to Fest. Libra. Culture Fest. I don't know how that my slipped my girl, mind. Libra Miller. Yo, that show right there, brother made me give myself the head nod like yo this is where you're supposed to be bro this is the life that you're supposed to be living this is how you're gonna live and this is how you're gonna die Augusta definitely needs somebody like you to support with something bless like it, that bless it. I respect that brother you know the youth call it the youth call humanity else the mecca of creativity and, I, and I'm, I'm going to embrace that I say that all the I time I like that I'm gonna honor it and then with the Humana Trees, the, the, um, the show was dope. And I took that piece and, boom, created Humana Tree House. So the house actually started in our home, my, me and my wife. And we had a mock business in our home. And we were welcoming a few people in. I did live paintings. She made some, some vegan food, smoothies, and cold-pressed juice. I painted live, and I sold some, I sold some work. And it was dope, but I looked at it, I was like, yo, we need to monetize our passion for real. Let's do this. Took a minute to convince her to lose to leave her job. <laughs> you know, black women need they need that that emotional security that yes. they don't have to wake up in the morning waiting for somebody to give them something. Uh, our sisters are stronger than that. So they either are gonna rock with you because you're confident about their strength, they're gonna rock with you. And because you're confident about your strength. And so our strength combined, we was able to <laughs> work out these creative muscles right here in this piece, you know, this place. And so it took a minute, but here we are. Was it a rough grind? It, oh, yeah, bro, no question. I mean, the grind of getting her out the house. I'm going to tell the story. She don't like it. I'm going to say it, though, so people <laughs> understand it's real. <laughs> Yo. One night we got into this heated debate, argument, this crazy, intense argument. And uh, she was like, yo, I'm not doing this. You tripping. What you gonna do? You gonna quit your job? I said, I quit. <laughs> she, just like, she just looked at me like Snoopy, like, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> With these blank, blank eyes, like, what? It's like, yeah, I'm done. And you got to do the same thing. So, so meanwhile, for a while, when we was at the other spot across the street, 
we were just taking donations. So we already had the spot. Mm-hmm. We were just taking donations. And I said, baby, we can't do this. And the reason why we was taking donations because we didn't have a, a, a business license yet. Okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of going backwards, but it's cool. You'll follow. So after we've had the place for a minute, I did the murals. Um, people came in. They loved the vibe. We were taking donations. And one day I was like, yo, we can't. We got we to gotta open up. So we went to bed mad. And y'all, check this out, for real. You will go to bed mad. I don't care what anybody says about don't go to bed with your wife or husband or your mate angry. You're going you're gonna to do that. The reason why you're going to do that is because sometimes not only pride, but the righteousness of, of a, quor- a quarrel will sometimes go to a place where you just stop. You know, and I say righteousness where you're not causing any harm to each other physically. That's righteous. Righteousness is where you're not insulting each other's intelligence. That's righteous. That's a righteous quarrel. So sometimes you need a place to rest that quarrel. Now I can sleep on the couch or just pout until I get till I fall asleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened. So that's that's the real that's the realism of, of a real relationship. She woke up that morning, right on dot, right on the dot to go to work. I woke up because the, her alarm went off. She sat at the edge of the bed and she looked around and see, remember now, this was an intense argument and, well, and it was because I did say something not to disrespect her, but I wanted to let her know that the people are looking for juice mama while you playing office mammy to somebody's job mm. she didn't like that so i hurried up and went to sleep after that <laughs> <laughs> but, so she uh, woke up that morning she needed to hear that though didn't she, she? Need, yeah she yeah. and i needed to hear myself say it mm-hmm. and when she woke up that morning she looked at me had her back to me she cocked her head looked over her shoulder and I wasn't asleep. I was playing it off like I was asleep, though. Yeah. And then when she went to the bathroom, came back to the bed, sat down on the bed. And about maybe a couple of minutes after that, she um, got back under the covers. And that morning later, we came down to downtown. After we got rhythm in the bed. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's part of the celebration, too. Of course, all you the know, time. You got you to make sure that all things are taken care of. <laughs> and we Mind came downtown. Is, so. That's right. And we came downtown and opened up the spot. And that was our first day. And it was dope. I know that was a wonderful feeling. It was a wonderful feeling, brother. It really, really was. Just to see, just to know. That's when I learned the difference between capability and ability you know we have abilities to do certain things but are we capable of doing it all the time turn that dream into a reality that's right so when you become the operator of functionality it's a beautiful beautiful thing man and what I mean by operator of the functionality they're synonymous but in words but synonymous in the action 
When you get in a car, it's not moving. You know the function of the car, but it's not moving until you turn the ignition. You're the operator. You got to make the car move. And the car functions because you take care of the car. And that's how it is with creativity. That's how it is with relationships. That's how it is in life. Well, yeah, so uh, we was at the first day you opened up. What year was that? 2000, hmm, 2014? 14. And you said... Either 13 or 14, I'm not sure. You said you started out uh, at the house and your wife was making vegan dishes. Are, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Are you a vegan? I am a vegan. How long have you been vegan? I've been a vegan now, I would say 11 years now. 11 years? A lot of people like, you know, veganism is uh, getting real popular, so a lot of people want to try it, but I've been seeing a lot of people cheating too, though. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of hard to spot the real vegans. Yeah, um, uh, in terms of my cheating, my cheating comes from an illness. <laughs> it's called, I'm a sugarholic. Okay, okay. And um, not, not with white sugar, but I just, I, like, I love cane. I love agave. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I got it. And what I've done to control it is drink tea, hot tea. Is that the only thing you uh, cheat with, though? Oh, yeah, that's it, cookies. No dairy, no, no, um, no soda. I haven't had a soda since that I was transition? I haven't had a soda since I was 18, bro. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink yeah. soda neither. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not vegan, now. but uh, I thought about it before and I tried it before, but yeah. I didn't know like the healthy ways of doing it, so I was hurting myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm 53 now. I I I made a conscious choice because I wanted to age gracefully without pain, you know? And when you make a conscious choice about how you eat, you're making a nutritional choice and you're not making a choice for taste or a tasteless choice mm -hmm. you know so yeah i mean it wasn't a it was a um an easy transition for me because i can go cold turkey on anything that's just a matter of discipline and i the hardest meat when i stopped eating meat Cause I started, I stopped eating meat. Then I went to fish. And the hardest meat to break was a pork chop, bro. Pork chop. <laughs> yes, my brother. Pork Do you chop. ever miss it? No, I don't miss a pork chop. Okay. Um, I don't miss any of those meats. Uh, I cook for my family. If they want salmon, I make a a barbecue salmon dish mm -hmm. and I don't ever taste the food I just allow them to taste it that takes a lot of discipline <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can see some salmon and just be like oh nah I'm, not, I'm just not gonna eat it I'm fine <laughs> you know it's wild it's um, I take the word discipline as a derivative of um, disciple mm-hmm and you look at the 12 disciples of Jesus and they had to they had to follow orders you know what i'm saying and they had to be centered in what he was doing and convicted with him you know they had to have the passion with him so i'm a disciple of of 12 within myself 
So I gotta, I have to always fill out my environment, which has the propensity to influence who I am, you know? Or even sometimes <laughs> drain the energy of who I am. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> you know, Humana Treehouse has been a child of ours, a blessed, a blessed child of ours. And this child is six years old, six or seven years old. And I always look at it like how a seven-year-old behaves, you know, the behavior of a seven-year-old. Very exploring the world with his hands or her hands, eyes, trying to make sense of how things work. You know. Has it been a bumpy road since you since you've owned uh, Humanity? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> bumpy, um, whirlwind, tornado. I only ask because a lot of people think like once you get the business, it's just smooth sailing from there. Nah, man. You know, the smooth sailing is really based on what you can tolerate. Yeah. And it's also based on knowing that God is not going to give you. <coughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> that God is not going to give you anything you can't handle and having faith in that every day. I'll tell you a story about Bumpy. One day I came, we came into the shop and you know how Augusta behaves during the winter. Mm -hmm. They don't come out. And so it was February and they were not, nobody was at the door. It was like one o'clock. We had no customers, bro. None. And this is our first year we were open and my wife was like i don't know baby we need to just stop this craziness this is, we got all this food nobody's eating so when she got into that place of sharing how she was reacting to it you know after a while i just turned the volume down and was like baby you know it's gonna be all right i walked away from her got a broom, started sweeping. I went to the store, got light bulbs for my gallery, changed the light bulbs in the gallery. I swept and mopped. I prayed, sat down for a little bit, played some music, was chilling. All of a sudden, I hear the bell on the door. Ding, ling, 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 ling. And it's this couple. And it was like, yeah, somebody told us to find some art here. We can, find, we can find some art here and uh, some food. We're going to order, and then we're going to check out the gallery. I said, no problem. Yep, got food. It's sat and ate. I'm in the gallery, excited that people are here. And they walk in. It was like, okay, I want this one. I want that one. I want that one. And this is like pieces that were $2,000, $1,000. Mm. The other one was 800 And they bought all three pieces. Just in that hour. That's dope. That's God. And God is dope. 
<laughs> For real. So, you know, with those moments, man, you always have to put your hand up instead of your hand out a lot. You put your hand up and just release your need to be attached to these material, to the material world. You know, it's not how much, it's not how much you got and it's not how good you do with the things you got. It's really about how long you can do it good. And I've learned that, man. I've learned that and it is, it, it has been a, um, a powerful experience that is documented in my soul, you know. And I appreciate my wife so much, love her so much for waiting for me, number one, being patient with me, and then also finding her purpose through it all, because she, she's the brain behind the, the juices, the smoothies, the food, finances, everything. And That strong backbone. And, yeah, brother. And strong backbone, knees and, and feet and hands because <laughs> she's always physically standing. And we got a powerful team right now. We've had many turnovers of different staff. We've been played by staff. <laughs> I can tell you some stories, bro. I want to hear one because <laughs> I know how it can get with employees. I used to own a uh, cleaning business, so I understand how it gets sometimes with employees. Well, let's just say it like this. We've had some thievery in our shop. Ah. No. I hate stealing. That's my number one thing. Yeah, like, yeah, Like, I can yeah, deal yeah, with yeah, a liar, yeah. but I can't deal with a thief. Yeah. yeah. And so, with that said, um, I had to, when I, we were going through that struggle, and the, the struggle still exists in terms of the residuals of that situation still exists. Um, I can't go into detail because of the legal aspect. No, nah, I understand. But, but I had to really speak into my spiritual evolution, bro. I had to really sit with Baruti, Brother B, and not that cat from Staten Island. <laughs> you know, I had to Go really. Go back to old ways. Yeah, I had to really chill. Now, I wasn't a thug, anything like that, even though I tried to play a thug when I was a teenager. Yeah. But I wasn't a thug, but I, but I had resources. I didn't have to touch people. I had resources. And because of how I was living after I lost my job, I had resources. So I had to, I had to really tap into. I had to really tap into keeping that sanity together because <laughs> I was about to be in the street, my brother, you know, <laughs> and I know how to do that and I know how to do it well. I'm not, I may not be the, the baddest brother, but if I'm in your house, you know I'm there. Yeah, that's you know? understandable. You know, so, and I'm not going to do things wild. I'm not going to wild out. I'm going to do it with precision. Because I've been trained and educated physically on how to do that. So I had to really look at that and say, yo, you can really go to jail today. For real. So let me just parlay. 
I had the parlay. We had another situation where somebody bragged about how they were going to attempt to take our product and sell it somewhere else. And what did they mean by product? Like our food? My, my juice. Yeah. Sell it at a, a lower price or a higher price somewhere else. That's, yeah, it was that bold. Crazy. It was that bold, bro. It was that ill, too. But I knew that we had to go through these things just as to that through that test. I, and I truly know that testimony means test of many, you know, or test of your money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I had, to, I had to look at it in degrees of money, like, is it the paper, the material money, or is it the concept? So the concept is really coming from this idea. So this idea is really centered into the vision. So if it's centered in the vision, where do I want to be when it comes to going through this struggle? Do I want to be in a situation where I've hurt someone, hurt myself, or get hurt, try to hurt somebody, and then that be my testimony? Or my testimony is in court. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'd rather have it to where I'm sitting with you right now sharing that so that it's some level of wisdom that I can share with you or anybody that's listening that unless someone puts their hands on you, that's when you respond to the violation. So, and you got to give the proper response to the violation. Correct. You know? <laughs> Um, I feel the same way. Me and one of my friends was just talking yesterday, and he was telling me he was at work, and he works in a warehouse. He's a supervisor, and he was explaining to his other supervisor at the warehouse and a couple of the employees how he feels like fighting is stupid and unnecessary, and they just completely disagreed with him, and he was like, he was telling me, like, you wouldn't even believe, like, their whole thought process of it. And I told him, I was like, well, you do understand that we're a little bit older. Like, you was talking to some <laughs> guys that's, like, 21, 22, yeah. and we probably felt the same way at that age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, when you're younger, you know, that warrior in you is more of a warrior of worry. You know, the worry is if I don't get at them, they're going to get at me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for me, in situations like that, I learned to... Look up my hands first. It's something that you should practice. If somebody offends you with words, look at your hands. Because that is the telling tale of what they, what they are and what they can become in a violent situation. So what they are is in the present. What they become is in the future. I'd rather deal with what they are now. They're not, there are no cuffs on my wrist. There's no blood on my hands. It can't be that bad. It's just words. Because if it didn't appear in my hands, if the words didn't appear in my hands, then I can't really do anything with it. Because words are tools of, of thought. You know? The tools of thought. So what you do with that tool is really comes from the power of the source of what your understanding is of, of words. So I teach my son, if somebody offends you in that way, you say, put your words in your hands and maybe we can talk. And that means we can fight. If you can't put your words in my hands, then there's no fight. Which means that you haven't said anything 
that can go with my hands. You know what I'm saying? Correct. You know, so I had to really get back to that. You know, and most things aren't really worth fighting about once you sit down, calm down, and think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pimana Treehouse has helped me that with that, bro. That aspect of humility, knowing that um, humility is not just the word of of description but it is a word of, of living you know so it's an action word for me so I so with that I explored that and just became more solid in my humility Humanitrials has helped me do that and it's called Humanitrials Humanity Humanitry yeah so it's about the humility I had a feeling that's what the name mm -hmm. meant, but yeah. when you broke it down, that gave me even mm -hmm. more clarity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's about humans coming from a place of humility and sharing with humanity. Peace and love, basically. Yeah, the whole experience of Humanity House is you walk in as people and you leave as a human being. You can really feel it when you... When you walk in here, though, like just the positive vibes. I remember the first time I came in here, one of my friends brought me to get some juice, and I could just feel it instantly when I walked <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, brother, it, it, it was designed that way. You know, the whole planning was that you would be affected. And it the prayer works. is the prayer is that whatever you, the, the positivity that affects you will become infectious and you share that with someone else and bring them in, you know? It works. I um, I remember being young, I always hated incense though, and now <laughs> I love them for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's because your spirit is open to it. Yeah. And you understand that the word, in, the word incense is about the senses within. So how you, how you respond to it is based on who you are within. Yeah, people that go, ah, I'm allergic, and I get that. Mm -hmm. Then you got other people like, I don't like the smell. You know? Yeah. And truly what they're saying is, it incenses me that you have this aroma in my in the space, and I can't take it. Oh, no, nah, it's fine with me. So it's the tolerance. Except for uh, sage. Sage kind of burns <laughs> say, me out, though. Say, well, it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Sage is supposed to burn you out. Sage is supposed to cleanse you. That's why you get burned out. Well, sometimes it is kind of hard to take the high road. Yeah, it is, brother, but you know, you know what, man? Fuck the roads, bro. <laughs> yeah. For real, fuck the roads. Go to the water. You no, know, roads have several paths, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But the water is, is like, it's vast. So, depending on how your breathing is, in the in, in the in the control of your of your um, cardio and in your core that will answer to how fluid you are in the water your strokes with your hands and your feet and your torso and your head is about this movement of, of getting somewhere you know what I'm saying it's, it's much different than Walking, because you're walking, you're on solid ground. But with water, there's a flotation that you feel like you're in space. You know? So you're working with gravity, 
and it's a little different. It's much different. So when you're swimming, at least you can test the current, know where you're going, know when the wave is coming, know how deep it is. And that's pretty much where you are in the state of, of hostility or crisis or, or someone who has offended you. You have to look at it as water. Just I am not going to be offended because you decided to splash a puddle in my face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not that deep. So basically, if you have the choice of the high road and the low road, just take the water. Take the water, bro. Yeah. The road is going to lead you to another path, you know. And sometimes that path is just as destructive, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or it could be a dead end. But with water, you're swimming, man, and you become fluid. And as you can become fluid, you become more like water. I learned that from Bruce Lee. That, that brother helped me a lot, too. Bruce Lee? Oh, yeah. You a big uh, Wu-Tang fan, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I, I'm I a martial arts fan. But, <laughs> but Wu speaks to the science of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Mm-hmm. And the, my first teachings of... of Spirituality came from the gods, the gods of seven, yeah. the majestic kings and queens of my community at New Brighton, and the gods and the earths. They was they would hold council, or what we would call a cipher, and I was supposed to be a part of that. But my mom said, "You're not going to be five percent of anything. <laughs> You're going to be one hundred percent my child." <laughs> so that was deaded. <laughs> you know what I mean, so I had to, but I was secretly. Sit in the ciphers, and I would secretly listen to the sciences and the mathematics of their information. It was so much tied into life, you know, so much tied into possibilities. And then there was this solid knowledge beyond belief systems knowledge about their relationship with the God in them, you know, being the God, you know. So that was the other thing that kept me from hurting people, just getting back to that That build and destroy. And I had to really think, is this that deep for me to destroy? I want to continue to build. And if I have to destroy something that I had to build, that I built, and that's because that was through my own infliction, you know, through my at own. At the end of the day, it's all decision. about how much you have to lose, brother. You know, when you understand your losses, I think I, I want to build on that for a second about lose and loss, and this is for my young folk especially. I had to get to a place where I lost. <laughs> In, my, in terms of loss, when I, when I thought I lost my job and when I thought I lost my, my previous marriage, when I, when I thought I lost my house, they weren't loose, they weren't lost. They were removals. These things that I was attached to were removed because I found my ego in all of those things. And I had to lose that too. 
So I started this mantra every morning when I would wake up and stand down. My mantra was, and some people will say prayer, I say mantra or meditation. Pray on letting go of the things that I fear to lose. And man, every time I say that in this moment, I lose a sense of attachment. I'm not attached to my wife. I have a relationship with my wife. I'm not attached to Humana Treehouse. I have a relationship with Humana Treehouse. I'm not attached to you because you're a black man. I have a relationship with you because you're a black man. That reminds me of a quote Nipsey Hussle said in the mm. interview. He said that um, uh, you don't get to uh, possess people, you only get to experience them. This is true, this yeah. is true. And even in your experiences, you have to filter out what you're experiencing. You can't hold on to it because that rules. You know, what happens with attachment? Attachment breeds expectation. When you talk about Nipsey, the expectation is, yo, my community is good with me because I'm doing stuff with the community. But that's not true because if that was true, He'd be here. Correct. So the expectation was, I'm good. I'm, I can walk through here. This is my hood. They didn't expect anybody to come out and shoot him. Because mm -hmm. he was beyond that, at least in those moments, you know? So when we lose the attachment of expectation, we start to learn more. I always say, I'd rather learn more than expect more. Because if I learn more about what you need, then I'll know what to get. But you can't expect me to think about what you need. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I have to go to you and say, oh, what you need, man? It kind of sounds like you're speaking on like the issues we have with, with yeah, uh, women. Yeah, yeah, and you can't <laughs> expect me to get it all the time. Kind of like when... Uh, when your girl asks you, like, um, I'm hungry, but I don't know what I want to eat. Yeah. That's kind of always a trick question. Right, like, right. You don't even know what to expect. <laughs> Sometimes what I've learned is I'm hungry. I don't know what to eat. It's the, really, the, really thing, the real thing is I don't, want, I don't know what I have a taste for or I don't know if you have the money to even support the taste. And you know what? I said that recently. I was just talking to someone, and I was like, uh, I think I think it's a, it's a little deeper than I don't know what I want to eat. And I said the exact same thing you said. I said, I said sometimes I think a woman, like, may get upset with you because she doesn't know what to eat, and you're not making a decision. And now she feels like, oh, you're supposed to be my man, but <laughs> you're not able to lead. So now I don't like you as much as I used to. Expectations, <laughs> bro. That's the beauty of being in this space you get time to think you know I, I always tell people the difference difference between New York and Augusta one New York has five boroughs okay Augusta has what is it called counties mm -hmm. right now there are counties in New York but they're not the counties aren't focused on the area what they have is precincts mm -hmm. So, and I know that Augusta does too. <coughs> Excuse me. So, what I found in the difference is that 
Augusta has something that New York doesn't have, and New York has something that Augusta has. New York has everything. Augusta doesn't have everything. But Augusta has space and time. New York does not have that. And I was able to move here within a time frame and spend my time in a space and learn just what my divine purpose was just because I had time and space. In New York, it's kind of hard because you got so many distractions. So you find things to hold on to that make you feel solid. You know, here I wake up solid every day, feeling straight, centered, and ready. In New York, you kind of wake up desperate, You're trying to get somewhere. And the word always, the word try is always relevant in your walk. Trying to catch the tra train, trying to catch the boat, kind of just catch the bus, trying to get to work, trying to get on time. <laughs> All that stuff is relative to time and space. And you're doing that, and millions of people are doing the same thing at the same damn time. Fuck that, son. <laughs> I got too old for that shit, for real, man. So, um, in the South, it's just a lot more calm than it is in New York, I guess. Now, there's some hostility in the South that I had to <laughs> different, learn to different measure. Different tone and environment, though, because I'm yeah, pretty sure definitely. racism is way worse down here than it is in New York. Non-cypher, bro. Non-cypher. New York. The <laughs> racism is worst. Really? I'll give you an example. You and I are playing djembe, playing the djembe's in the park. Mm -hmm. We've been doing this for 20 years. Fast forward to 2000s, 15s, 16s. Other people are moving into Brooklyn because the real estate market is booming with these low-priced brownstones that people were living in, but they didn't own it. The rent was low, plus it needed some work. So you got people that were losing their apartments to people that can afford to buy them. Well, then that didn't change the fact that you and I come out to the park in Brooklyn or Staten Island, and we play, play the djembe right there at the park. We have a party there, house music is playing, jazz, hip-hop, everything. And then one day, on a Saturday or a Sunday, we'll, take it, we'll, we'll make it a Sunday. On a Sunday, we say, yo, we're doing it again, bro. Djembe Cypher over there in the park. Mm -hmm. You meet one of the new neighbors in the street. Oh, you're playing music today? Yes. Okay, yeah, this is the place where they always play music. Okay, hon. Let's go to the restaurant. All right, guys. See you later. And you go sit down, start to play. And all of a sudden, whoop! Police pull up. Twelve pull up. <laughs> because that person that just moved into that beautiful, booming neighborhood or community. And the siren just went by. That's <laughs> deep, right? Yeah. <laughs> booming culture. Beautiful community of diversity. And that woman said, I don't want to hear those drums. 
And that's what after you they call spoke to us. <laughs> after they spoke to us, she would be the same woman that would report it to the council person and say the same thing. And now you have a whole neighborhood that's not from Staten Island, not from Brooklyn, not from Harlem, not from Queens, came from New Jersey or sometimes even the South and said... They don't even understand the culture. They don't. It's not that they don't understand it. They don't want it. Yeah. Because you're out there, black, in front of my house. You got to go. That's racism. The reason why it's racism is because you took your privileged power, gave it to an entity, which is a resource of power, which is a power to control the people on the land called law enforcement. So law enforcement comes and says, hey, yo, y'all can't do this anymore. I got to protect the real estate here. That's racism. So calling you, calling you a name is not racist. It's called benign racism. But calling your name and say that you can't do something, I'm going to make sure that you won't do it, that's racism. And so how do you feel about uh, the phrase people say as far as black people can't be racist and only white people can? Black people can't be racist. When we opened up Humana Treehouse, <laughs> people thought this was a black thing and only black people come. And we were called racist. Now, if this was a space in which I prevented people from coming here, I would be shut down. I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be a racist because it's a, a racism is a, is a social construct. Yeah. It controls everything that you do. It's basically about the concept of strength in numbers. And strengthen that money. Yeah, and <laughs> that's that what money, I mean by numbers. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the controllers of the money, and the controllers of the money are people that are not that, that do not have other races' interests. So what they do, they raise your interests, and and then they go back to their hub of organizations that state that poor people will never, ever have the opportunities that we have. Sure, we let them ride on the bus and sit at the, at the counter and sit next to me, but they're not making any money. We were turned down by several banks before we opened up Humanitary House. 27. Was it a black-owned bank that finally approved you? No. Okay. We got no capital. I opened up Humanitary House by selling one painting. Mm. That opened the door for that month. <laughs> for that month. And then we started to make what we needed, profit margin to keep the, um, the doors open, the lights on, overhead for the... What's the most expensive painting you sold? Uh, this piece here is $20,000. Which one? The one right behind you? Yes. Keep swimming. And when I was in New York... That's more than my car. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it's more value than it's more valuable than your car. I agree. Once your car lose, leaves the showroom floor, it's lost its value. Once this piece leaves this gallery and goes into someone's house, the value goes up. Because it's always showing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the racism is um, it's more sinister in New York than it is out here. And I, I, we, I definitely, definitely have... Um, experienced racism in Augusta. No question. No question. One by police officer, two uh, by the um, Augusta, um, uh, I guess, building corporation. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I seen I seen a lot of people experience, experience that where the marshals come in and they yeah. try to tell you yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. you're in violation of this, violation that. that. Mm-hmm. We've experienced that. And it's that. always some bull, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, black people don't have the power to be racist, bro. Now, we have the power to uh, hate each other. Correct. No question. That's what I call black. And they ne- hate that's what I. That's what I call Negro supremacy. Yeah, you said that phrase earlier. I like yeah, that phrase. Yeah, Negro supremacy, bro. Negro supremacy um, is a divisive word in which... I turn coin in terms of the the uh, behavior of people who see you less than them because you're trying to get what they got. See you less than them because they're trying to get better than what you have. And when they get it, they're getting it from a white man or a white woman. That's just how it, how it is. And unfortunately, Black people suffer because they try to take care of Negroes. I ain't doing that. Is it, um, a lot of people believe that Look at Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman could have, you know, freed more slaves, but she had to convince the slave that they were slaves. Mm. And there were slaves that snitched on her. That's a Negro slave. I can go into my the this plantation theory that I have, but I'm not doing that on podcasts. <laughs> I do that with you one on one. Nah, got, I'm with you. I know exactly saying, where you're you going know, with that. Re- reason why I'm saying and I that. I agree with you. Yeah, re- reason why I'm saying that is because the technology that you use uh-huh. is yours, but it came from somebody. Oh, I want to get back to that. When we first started, you said you said you don't even have a cell phone. Like it's way it's way deeper than uh, you just feeling like you. Uh, what'd you say? You uh, have techno a disease? AIDS. Yeah, techno AIDS. It's way deeper than that, isn't it? You know what, bro? The depth of it is not for me to inframe or define. I've been riding with it. That's it. I've been riding with it now. Am I going to get a phone? Yeah, because my wife is not having it. You know what I'm saying? She's like, <laughs> yo, you go, I'm going to know where you are, bro. Yeah. So, but I'm an honorable cash. Yeah, nothing to worry about, man. Nothing. I think, I think you're the first person I've seen in Augusta that didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> where my mom is from in Louisiana, Yeah. none of them have cell phones. That's deep. 
but they stay like in a town with like 200 people. That's what's up. So they just have each other. Like my grandma sits and watch. Uh, <laughs> She watches WWE from 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 the eighties and nineties wow. all day. <laughs> wow! But hey, I tell people, That's I think dope, I think life is better like that. Just like I feel like nowadays, we have all these issues, like as as far as mental issues, because we just we have too much time on our hand. If we had to wake up every day and hunt our own food, we wouldn't we wouldn't have these problems. Like you wouldn't be wondering what's your what's your gender if you was more worried about how I'm gonna catch this chicken or or, or grow this crop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have a time, you have a time limit, mm -hmm. you know. Um, now we have, we buy time. We actually buy time, bro. And the truth of the matter is, that's the material world. When you think about it, we have these, we, we created a new religion, and it's called social media, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the... And we pray on this social media. <laughs> we go to church, <laughs> social media. You know, it's um, it's 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 very interesting. Yeah, social media is causing people a lot of problems. <laughs> it seems like it's more problems than is than it's benefiting us, though. Well, didn't religion? Yeah. It's a religion, bro. These people believe in it. They, we, and I say these these people because I'm definitely uh, uh, one of the perpetuators of this religion. Because which religion would you compare it to? This this well, if it's a new one, right? Uh huh. Then I can only reference what I know from different doctrines, right? But it is a religion within itself because who's the god? in social media. Yeah. Maybe it's more, maybe it's closer to capitalism. Maybe it's, maybe it's Catholic, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> because we, we talk to the monitor. Yeah. See, in, in, in the Catholic religion, they, they go to a man and confess their sins. Our confession booth is a laptop. Or our phones, you know what I'm saying? We 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 leave and we also deceit, deceive people through social media. It's a religion, bro. Do you think that hurts us? Hurts us a lot. I I, I have I have um, a stronger faith in God that I don't really see man as the controller of anything, you know. Um, we only react with a lack of, of the relationship we have with the higher power, you know. So in terms of making it worse, that was, that was your question, worse? Yeah. Can it get any worse, bro? Just think about it. I don't. I don't think it can. No, you, you, where we are right now. But I don't think, think, think it about can. this. Think about this. And I'm gonna go back to who we are right now, sitting on this couch. We are two black men that are not supposed to be here. Four hundred hundreds of slavery. Four hundred years of slavery. And we have been through several 
generations of racial injustice, whether it's law enforcement, political, social, economic, environment, environmental racism, educational racism, we are still, I mean, you look at it, it's like, yo, we, 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 we're on another level when it comes to the spirit of life. We're survivors. And some of us survive, so we, some of us live, so we don't survive. That's me. I live life alive, so I don't survive. I'm very present with where, where I am, who I am, every day. I feel like you're one of those people that is really in touch with the earth. I'm... That's interesting that you said that because I'm feeling closer to the cosmic universe than the Earth. <coughs> I have a, a, a high respect for the Earth, but I live through the universities of the um, the cosmic force, you know. So, having a level of cosmic consciousness makes you feel like you can land anywhere, you know, your home anywhere. Because you have a higher state of, of um, understanding. I have my moments, trust. As we all do, though. Yeah, I have my moments, <laughs> bro. But in this moment, I get to hear what I'm saying so I can remember. To live in that statement, you know? Something must have flew in my space. <laughs> when you were speaking about the universe something tried to get you interrupt the word that's why I said something flew in my space <laughs> nah that's good I think but I think this is a good breaking point we uh I really appreciate you doing this podcast and shout out to Trues for uh, setting this podcast up I do want to say one thing before we go oh, nah, go ahead go ahead I'm not rushing you off <laughs> okay <laughs> we have several events set up here at Humana Treehouse one of them that's coming up uh, in uh, January. We got Bizzo Beats coming to do this thing. We're going to oh, do shout the, out to Bizzo Beats. Raise the vibration over here. House in the house. <laughs> he produced for uh, NBA Youngboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple yeah. more people. <clears throat> good dude, good dude. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be DJing. And it's going to be live. It's a dollar donation at the door. It's gonna be food and uh, and, uh, and uh, drinks here. Uh, our smoothies. It's gonna be dope. Then I got the sip and paint joint. Okay. It's called sip and paint your show, and the show is power. So what I'm doing is I'm doing different um, stencils of scenes from power. Oh, that's dope. 
Yeah, we did it here before. And that was homie that uh, owns um, CrossFit, right? I'm doing that over there uh, tomorrow. Okay. I knew I the recognized it, but do. it just clicked in yeah, my head. Yeah, but I'm I, it's a tour, so I'm doing it at his shop, and then I'm doing it back at ours uh, on Sunday. I did it uh, um, earlier this year. It was dope. People are calling for it again, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, then the next events, we have, of course, Seeds, which is students. Yeah, evoking endless dreams. Students evoking endless dreams where teenagers come on the first Fridays and they sing, they dance, they, uh, uh, poetry, spoken word, live art. They do their thing. That's their night. Smoothies are $5 for them, no cover charge for them. Stage is there. Starts at, opens doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. Parents can drop them off. It's dope. It's a dope night. Um, the kids need something to do out here, too. Yeah, man. They so, don't have much to do out here. Yeah, we end at like 9, 10 o'clock. Then they have a little kickback during that time. So it's, it's dope, man. Um, <clears throat> then we got Astro Muse, which is dope. We got Astro Muse coming up where artists come to Humanitarian House and they sing song, cover songs by artists that were born within that month or within that astrological sign. Okay. We got, we got the Healing Black History art show. Uh, 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 it's gonna be dope, man. We got, we're using um, uh, Nina Simone as a subject matter for healing black history. She she is the um, like the mother of soul here on this in this universe, you know? And but she was diagnosed with, with um, manic depression. She was bipolar. So I thought it would be interesting to tell her story through her music. So we're using uh, one of her songs called Four Women. Are you familiar with that? Mm. Gotta check it out. It's called Four Women. These four women are generational uh, subjects that speak into where these women come from and who they are in that generation. And in between the songs, I have, have contacted four uh, mental health clinicians. So they're gonna be coming in between each song to speak about the mental um, um, aspect of who that woman is. Oh, that was a great idea. Right, it's gonna be so, so dope. I have yeah. Karen Brown. I, have, I don't wanna mention name. I, I, I just want people to know that it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be a lot of artists coming to the stage doing their thing. Artists that we know. It's gonna be coming to the stage. It's gonna be so fly. So, so fly. Then we have um, Afrofuturistic Masquerade we're doing here. People can dress up in Afrofuturistic clothing, makeup, however you want to do it. It's going to be a dope night, partying, eating. It's going to be dope, man. Um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, man. There's several other things, sure but you can check it on Humanity yeah. House Art Gallery. Check us out. All the information will be there. And what's the address? I know it's 8th Street. 305 8th Street, Humanity House. Make sure y'all come by to one of the events. Check them out. Come to all of them if you can. 
Yeah, I know man. I'm gonna definitely come to it. Yeah, if it's I gonna can. be so dope, bro. So, and you're you're welcome to film too, man. It's gonna be really, 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 really dope. I'll make sure I do that if I don't, as long as I don't have nothing to shoot, I'll pull up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some yeah. get some footage. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, we gotta get back to the truth of of our existence, and that is always to teach and bless others, man. We're here to serve, and you know when they told Nina Simone that she couldn't be a classic pianist, that triggered her illness, you know? Um, that's why she went to blues, you yeah. know what I'm and, and all of us have a rotten seed in our brains. And that rotten seed comes from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We all black people are sick. All of us. Oprah Winfrey's sick. LeBron James is sick. Oprah Winfrey is oppressed. LeBron James is oppressed. Many of you out there right now be like, what? I'm following you, though. These are wealthy people. But on any given day, they can be thrown in jail or killed because of the color of their skin. This melanin is powerful, bro. So we have to tap into that power every day, every day. And tell the world that you ain't here for no games. Tell the world that you're not even here for any challenges. Tell the world you're here to pass a test so that you can share your testimony. And that's it, bro. I'm with that. Yeah, man. <laughs> This is another episode of Sit Down with Slim. Appreciate y'all for listening, man. And we out. Peace to the universe and all human beings. <laughs>